The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com. It's at Lou DePietro, yes, at Chris Sheeran, yes. And this is a special Have Fun Podcast edition of The Chris Sheeran Show, the happy fun time hour. It's recorded live. It is, in front of a live tape. studio audience. It is. And, boop, 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 and let's talk about the big news of that thing that happened in sports over the weekend uh, that was really great or really bad, depending on how you want to look at it. And we look forward to learning more or less about it. Later in the week when we tape our other podcast. When we actually tape a podcast. Yeah, for that week. Right. After the weekend. Who? Huh? What? <laughs> should we start? Should we actually Should we tell the people what we're trying to do here? Absolutely. We did it once before, but uh, we'll do it again. Uh, we're both... On assignment at the moment. And not only that, uh, NBA All-Star, I mean, yeah. hockey, eh, you know. So we're, we both, we're both on assignment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Thursday. You're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday or later. Mm-hmm. It's the magic of pre-taping. So yes. we're, we're giving you a little fun before, as the calm before the storm before baseball season Correct. officially kicks off on Thursday. After Joe Girardi's official press conference. So uh, last year, uh, we, uh, we played a game of 20 questions mm-hmm. where we just um, – our good friend Brielle Saracini has a deck of yes. table topics cards, just random sports questions that we picked and, and expounded upon. So this time we're going to do that again. Okay. And we're going to do a little different format. I have a half a dozen questions that are baseball Yankees-ish centric mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for us to talk about since it's Yankees pitchers, catchers. Worth you go, girlfriend. Now. Mm-hmm. And then I have just that deck of cards with random questions, so we'll answer a dozen or so of those. All right. 30 minutes will fly by before you know it. Yes. So I'll get started. Uh, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask the six questions, and okay. we can go back and forth, and okay. then we can take turns picking cards. All right. I hope I can answer these questions. So, I, if I knew there was going to be a test, I would have studied. So the first question for you is interesting, and it's a question that was asked about several teams in, in a program I was listening to earlier in the week. And I think the answer might be obvious, and it might have even been obvious before something happened, but who is the most important New York Yankee this year in terms of staying healthy for the team to succeed? Mark Teixeira. Yeah. I, again, <laughs> yep. For me, a no-brainer. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it might have been, I, obviously, the Greg Bird injury, that's the, the position they have less depth. You but, don't, I, I don't think you want Dustin Ackley as your everyday first baseman. Or anybody they may sign to a minor league deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the linchpin. Here, here's in an that interesting aspect. question about that though. You look at, you know, Gary Sanchez could take over if something happens to McCann and they have nine outfielders on the forty man mm-hmm. roster, all but one having major league experience. And they have you know, they have middle infielders and ref Snyder and they can move Castro and this and that and Ackley. If Greg Bird was still healthy, would the answer to that be Chase Headley? Because as, yeah, as, because third base is a yeah, as as is as, a black hole. As, as not good as Headley's numbers were, you know, errors wise and a down season in terms of average and power and this right. and that. Everything he played 156 games last year, and it was Cole Figueroa and Stephen Drew that were filling in when he wasn't, and Brendan Ryan. That's the really the one place the Yankees don't have any depth. Is yeah, third base is a vacuum. Their most you, advanced. You third, brought that up. Yeah, their, their most. I mean, their most advanced and future-looking third-base prospect finished last year in high A. I mean, there's nothing at the upper levels. It's And Eric Jagailo is well, now with the Cincinnati Right, that's Red. why he's the most. I mean, Dante Bichette has been a, 
It looks like it kind of looks like honestly he's riding out his last year before he becomes a minor league free agent. Did he get demoted last year? He did. He yeah. he ended up getting reassigned twice. Okay, but he may he may end up being Trenton's first baseman this year just because. You know, if Miguel Andujar plays there every day at third base in Trenton, you know, um, he might there's turn, not much there. Yeah, he might turn into a guy like P.J. Pilateri, you know. Uh, you remember him. Good old P.J. Yeah. And Still now, there. Yeah, he's the hitting coach. Uh, he is the he is a coach there, yes. Um, I think he's in Trenton. I don't know. I think he's in Trenton, too. Uh, but as far as, uh, as far as the Yankees and, and what they need to do this year to stay healthy, it all, it all starts and ends. I mean, Headley going down would be awful, too. That's a right. tremendous point by you. But it starts and ends with, at first base. With yeah. the, he I, needs to stay healthy, especially, especially down the stretch. That's where everything starts to go wrong. Maybe they should just, you know, keep him healthy, not play him until, say, middle of August. All right. um, So there's actually only four of these because two of them are – I just looked at it and they're not not really answerable. All right. Whatever. Um, Question number two. Number two. And it's an interesting question. If you can take, oh, oh. based on what the team needs now and going forward, mm-hmm. luxury tax implications aside, mm-hmm. you can take any one player in Major League Baseball under their current contract or contract situation and move them to the Yankees, no questions asked. Who is it? Hmm. No questions asked. Any player. Any player. <sighs> That's tough. The f- I'll tell you who immediately popped into my head, Harper or Trout. Yeah. But. Where do they play? But. Again, that's why you have to count, count this year and next year. Clayton Kershaw. Hmm. I'm going starter. Yeah. I mean, you can always find room for a starter. He's making $300 bajillion. Well, you said without the luxury right. tax. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah. I wasn't really going on the money. I, so I, I was thinking about this after I wrote this down yesterday. I've thought a lot about this. And I think it goes back to what I just said about the possibility of people staying healthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he would be the guy, but I'm going to look at a guy like Miguel Sano. Okay. He's a, he's a power hitter. Mm-hmm. He plays third base. Mm-hmm which the Yankees' system is bereft of much in terms of third base. Now, granted, where would Chase Headley play, especially this year? But what happens if you know Tex does get hurt? Maybe, okay, maybe Headley becomes your Eric Chavez this year. And, plays and next, year, he, next year he does the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and he can help DH once A-Rod is gone and this and that. Maybe that's that's the best option for now See, in the future is a, a power-hitting third baseman. You answered it like a surgeon. And I answered it like uh, fantasy baseball. Ralph player. Wiggum's uh, uh, Chief Wiggum's son. Yeah, <laughs> I like Bryce Harper. <laughs> I pick Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> That's pretty much what I did there. Yeah, yeah, all right. But you had a day to think about it. Right. Let's move on to question number three. Number three. And these are two. Uh, these are two just random baseball questions. Mm-hmm. If you could only ever go see one major league baseball game again, ever. And it wasn't at Yankee Stadium. Which stadium would you choose to visit? Hmm. Does, can it be one I've never been to it can yet? Be any, it can be any of the 29 other stadiums in baseball. Wrigley Field. I've never been there. Yeah? Yep. That's where I want to go. And I want to sit in the bleachers with the crazies. And I want to wear Cubs stuff. 
and I want to drink awful stale beer and just take my shirt off in the sixth inning and paint my paint a big C on my chest and be an idiot. It's interesting. My pick would be Sky Dome or Rogers Center or whatever you want to call it. You want to get hit by a bat flip? No, no. But you know, I, I've 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 never been to Wrigley Field either. But Toronto. You know, as much as as much as Wrigley Field. No, as much as Wrigley Field or somewhere like Safeco, where I've never been, would be cool to watch. You know, the final game you ever watched. That atmosphere in Toronto last year during the playoffs was insane. I I, I kind of would want. As much as the experience of Wrigley and the, the nostalgia and the ballpark and all that yeah. would be great, I, I kind of would want to be part of that atmosphere, I think, if that were it for me. Plus the Canadian dollar, beer's cheaper. So I mean, All right. You, know, you see, got, you, you that always you. take that, you know, but. It, it's everything with you. You, you, you always yeah. put the thought into it. I like that. Yeah. I just willy-nilly, Chicago. Well, here, that, that plays into the final of these questions before we get into the card. could also eat well in Chicago. At least I got you that can. going for me, which is nice. Uh, hey, try that deep dish there, pizza there, pal. Yeah, a little natty boat. Um, Dick. Uh, old style. Is that the beer? Old style? Like bulls. natty, natty boat in Baltimore and yes, D.C.? Yes, and natty ice. Yep. The last question is, when it comes to amenities at a stadium, which mm-hmm. is more overpriced? Okay. Parking mm-hmm. or food slash beer? Um, now this is, I mean, this is magnified for us because we we watch, you know, the we're in the number one media yeah, market in the country. To, so we go to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to go out on a limb and say both. Wow, both this guy. Well, because here, here's my, and I only have experience at Yankee Stadium with the parking and and the food because let's face it, I don't go anywhere. Uh, I have two young kids and I don't really travel a lot. I kind of like it that way too. However, um, I remember maybe, I want to say, was it 2016? I want to say 2009 for the World Series, they bumped up the parking to like $35 for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And now for a game, just a normal game, regular season, it's 45. It was 45 last year. So that would be my reasoning there. And then beers are like 12. Yeah, thirteen last year. I think thirteen. They were. You can get two six packs yeah. for that. Well, depending on what you're drinking. Depending yeah. on what you're drinking, but at the same time, I mean, Corona's seven ninety nine for you know the long necks uh, a six of that. So why are you? Why do you keep looking at this? Is it doing something funky? No, I'm just looking at the just looking at time because it's weird because I I have to kind of judge where we are. Oh, I think we. St- yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I know, I, I know where. Yeah, we're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so here's my here's here's my thoughts on it. <laughs> Here, here's my thoughts on that. You know, there were a lot of great points brought up when they debated this question. I have to thank Casey Stern, MLB Inside Pitch on XM Radio. Was, mm-hmm. This was a question he was asking during mm-hmm. the last week. When you go to a game, you know, I'll just use Yankee Stadium as an example because it, it is what it is. The cheapest seat in the house is 15 bucks for a bleacher seat. Mm-hmm. The cheapest parking lot you can find is, is Mr. Smiley's Cross the Tracks Emporium. Um, and I call it that because the guy that works there always has the biggest smile on his face, rain or shine, day or night, oh, okay. when, you, when you park in there. It's 20 bucks. So for a family of four to go to the game, you're looking at $80 before, you, be, before, you, step in, before you step into but the – But that's not bad considering. Right. For a family of four, parking tickets, $80. 
you know, it's the the train is ridiculous to Yankee Stadium. It's mm-hmm. I don't know what the actual stadium price is these days, but my wife and I went into the city from Fairfield train station a few okay. weeks ago, and it was fifty dollars round trip for the That's two of ridiculous. us off peak. I mean, it's crazy. That's absolutely. So ridiculous. really, driving and parking is cheaper if you have more than one person. That said, remembering what the you know, just I was at Barclays Center. Well, it's last night as we taped this. Last Wednesday night as you listen to this, mm-hmm. and I spent twenty dollars on dinner. And I got two pieces of pizza and a beverage and a bag of chips. So feeding a family of four is gonna, could cost you if, eighty bucks. It could cost you eighty dollars with a couple of hot dogs, some chips, sodas, mm-hmm. ice cream, a beer for mom and dad, a shirt, a hat. And let me tell you what, that hot dog ain't worth eighty bucks. No. So I, I would have to go. I would have to go with the the concessions the food, the over concessions. the parking okay. as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Groundhog Day when the guy is sick. Uh, are you going to throw up in the car or in the street? I think both. Yeah, so I went that way. Sorry. If my, my friends, a couple random, of my friends random, are listening, they'll... Uh, random movie line. Th- they'll know that this would be the right reference for the, the, the peeing or puking inside joke we have. So hopefully Gordon Caver listening to this. There you go. Anyway... Do All I right. Just, do I just skim off the top? So here, just or? you can skim off the top. You can pick whatever you want, and we'll go through the list, and and we'll go for a half hour. All right, here we go. During a cross during a cross country road race, where's the one place you would take time to stop? Hmm. So we're on a little cannonball run, <laughs> literally, or a rat race, as you were the the updated version. I'm prairie dogging it. Um. This is tough because when I was 12, we drove across the country because my dad doesn't fly. And my mom had a work convention in California. So we drove across the country. So I've seen a lot of cool stuff already. So I guess I would have to kind of go the northern route. Okay. Maybe. And I would say the one place I would probably stop and look is is I would end up somewhere Yellowstone, Yosemite area and kind of do that. Maybe Old Faithful, you know, some, something like that. I, I've, seen, I've seen the Arch. I, I've been lucky enough to travel a lot for work in my career, too. So I've seen the Arch. I've seen the Grand Canyon. I've seen, you know, many of these natural and great wonders. I've seen the hot springs in Colorado and the mountains and all that. I want to see the dinosaur that Simone and Pee Wee sat in in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> the, the stars at night are big and bright. The largest ball of twine in Minnesota. Deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting answers from both ends. Yeah, of the there spectrum. you go. All right, I'll pick. Oh, well, here you go. This is another, another one, considering we've already answered two similar questions. I see a stadium on the back. It is. It's the largest stadium in the world in Pyongyang, North Korea. You'll never go there. Nope. None of us will. So outside of Pyongyang, North Korea, mm. what venue would you most like to visit? Brigley uh, Field? I mean, well, I already said that, so I don't want to, you know, repeat that. Um, That's, you know what? I want to go see a hockey game in Montreal. I want to go see Rangers Canadians in Montreal. Have that same kind of experience because they are nuts for hockey there. Yeah, obviously. So I'd love to do that. Love to do that. Hmm. Or a Leafs Canadians game. Any any rivalry game, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be great, and it, it's okay even if it's in the Bell Center as opposed to not, you know, the yeah, the forums no longer yeah, standing kind of thing. Yeah, it's fine. Le Centre Bell. Yeah, I've been to the Bell Center. It's an interesting really? arena. Yeah. Um, 
not for a hockey game, but I have been there. This this is interesting for me because there, there's atmosphere that I would love to, you know, I'd love to experience. Michigan, Ohio State at the Big House or the Horseshoe, um, you know, maybe the Daytona 500, which I've never been to the Daytona 500, but I've done the Pepsi later in the year. But I, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of go out on a bizarre wild card. And I'm going to say that I think it would be ridiculously interesting in terms of just the atmosphere and the history behind it to go see Duke, North Carolina at Cameron Indoor. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I'd be rooting for Carolina, which would make me a so natural enemy. But yeah. that would be, an, that would be a, definitely, a, uh, I, I think, an experience. You ready? I'm ready. Which country do you cheer for? After the United States. Well, I mean, there's very few international competitions that I, that I, that I really pay attention to. And, Uh you know, I'm one of those kind of guys that will allegiance to, you know, if, if Sweden's in the gold medal hockey game in the Olympics, I'm going to root for Henrik Lundqvist, uh, you know, especially if they're playing, you know, Canada and no Rangers are on the team kind of thing. Uh, but Italy I, I I mean, outside of the United States, they're the team I hope wins the World Cup every year, and I'm mostly Italian in my heritage, yeah. so I would have to say Italy. That's the same for me. Uh, Italia, Forza Italia, and Ireland. Even though, like, Ireland, like in the Olympics, <laughs> I mean, like, drinking isn't a sport yet, so we really don't have a chance uh, uh, um, is a sport. And maybe, you know, drinking and badminton. Like well, they usually go to on the, from beer on games. the less competitive circuit. On a beer fest? Yeah. That movie. <laughs> There's a lot of quotes in there. We can't repeat on this podcast. No, we can't. But if you haven't seen Beer Fest yet, millennials, do yourself a favor. And enjoy it. No, don't, don't rent it. Buy it. Buy it. You're going to want to own it. It is tremendous. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Your I mean... Turn. You know, like like I said, you know, if if the Olympic basketball finals this year are Latvia versus, uh, you know, Argentina, and there's no Knicks on the Ar- or Nets on the Argentina team, and it's Porzingis, like I'm going to root for Latvia. Yeah. And if the Ukrainian team was playing and Fertella was coaching, I'd root for the Ukrainian yeah. team. Right. Which historical sporting event do you most wish you could have attended? Miracle on Ice. I, I wish I was there when the U.S. beat the Soviets. Just to go along the same lines there, I remember it vividly. We talked about it in our last podcast, um, or two podcasts ago, excuse me. Um, and I got I got to tell you, I mean, being in front of the TV, I felt that energy. I, I felt what that crowd was feeling. Um, people in the stands, the, the tight shots of people bawling like infants, and they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And where the country was at that time, as a seven-year-old, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, um, I was. I, to be honest, I, I know I, you hate when I make you feel old, but I was like four months away from being born. Yeah, so that, like, that's you know, fine. I mean, I don't have that. Lou, same context. that's the way. Things, no, but like, I don't have that same context. Yeah, that's the way things work out. But looking back on it, and and knowing where the country was now, then the Cold you know, War still in full and, effect, and getting it. Like, I, here's a perfect example: when the movie came out. And again, I saw it. I remember watching it. But when the movie came out, I went to see it. The theater was packed. 
There were no empty seats. When we scored the first, and I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> talking about it. When we scored the first goal, the movie erupted with cheers and clapping. If you can, if that transcends 30 years down the line, and it'll be forever. It was what, 2003, 2004 that movie came out? It was somewhere around. It had to be 03, 04, because I remember what, I, I worked at Foot Locker at the time. Okay. And we had a commercial for that movie like one or a month or two before it came out. There was a commercial for that movie every ad break in our DVD for the entire month. Michael Ruzioni could go anywhere. And he's, on, never, he's never paid for a drink in his life. No. Yeah. On that goal, on that one second, that one moment in that game, I mean, the guys on that team, and Herb Brooks, you know, he had a lot to do with the movie. And the fact that he picked his guys and sent a lot of the best guys home, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and he knew how to push buttons, and we talked about this before. But yep, a couple weeks ago. That is the one that I would want to be, like, against the glass watching. I have a simple answer, and I'll, here's the reason. I was at game the conclusion of Game 5 of the 2008 World Series in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. seeing that city win its first championship in a quarter century. 2004. I just wanted to look it up. So that said, being a Yankee fan, knowing that it was the first time in the World Series in 15 years, Game 6 of the 96 World Series. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. You know, Paul O'Neill said on many occasions, you know, here, off the air, on the air, home plate was shaking when Joe Girardi hit that triple. Mm-hmm. And Char- Charlie Hayes making the final catch. Oh, God. Boggs riding around the stadium on a horse. Just, again, first time in 15 years they'd been in the series, first title in almost 20. I don't know if I've told this story, uh, but I was at my – I had just started working at MSNBC. Just gotten the job, and we had our like launch party. Mm-hmm. It was like a launch slash holiday party. Yeah, you did. You were in the you you Liberty, raced down to the bar Liberty in South Science River. Center. Yeah, Liberty Science Center, and did like hundred and ten in my Sunfire. Yeah, down to down to, <laughs> to get to your, the South River South Pub. River. Yes. Yep. So yeah. Yep. All right. And I was sixteen at the time, so I'm gonna take the one on top here. Okay. Because I'm I'm interested because we talked a lot about this, so I'm interested to see what it is. What's your proudest? personal sports moment wow uh it's got to be one of my rec softball city championships okay. i mean i'm lucky enough to have three of them up here in stanford yep okay. or in lewisboro where i play also mm-hmm. i'm lucky enough to have three of them it's got to be one of those and maybe, maybe as I talked about a couple weeks ago on, on the show, the, the first of the last two where, you know, my team had won zero games the year before and four that year, and we came together and won the tournament. I mean, that's – it's, it's got to be one of those. I mean, I never was, you know, excelled in high school. I was good in Little League, but like mm-hmm. I said, we didn't win much. I mean – Yeah, I was a mediocre athlete in high school. Know, I've hit a couple home runs in my life between Little League and – and rec softball, it's got it's got to be one of those. I'm not ashamed think. to say it. I mean, I played everything, but I wasn't like phenomenal at one sport. I, if I had to pick one that I was good at more than anything else, it was baseball. Um, and speaking of that, uh, I ran a team. I, I played in New Jersey with my brother. I started in 2002 after not playing since my senior year in high school, which was 1991. So after an 11 year layoff, my brother says to me, "We need a second baseman. Can you, you know, come out?" So it was midway through the season. And God, 
did I just miss it? And I started playing with this team. Uh, we were the Pirates. The next year, uh, we became the Black Sox. Got some new guys. We got really good. Uh, we got to the playoffs. We missed it. We got to the playoffs again. We missed it again. Most of the guys on the team were like, you know, they weren't taking it seriously. And my brother and I are like these competitive mm -hmm. morons that yeah. we need to win. And it doesn't matter if it's a Sunday league and we drink beer afterwards. We want to win. We don't wake up at, you know, 7 o'clock on Sunday morning during, this, during the summer to come joke around. We want to come and win. It's just the way we were brought up. So 2003 goes by, nothing. 2004 goes by, nothing. 2005, we switched teams again, and I had to wear a Red Sox uniform. <laughs> My brother and I both went to this team. The Red Sox were in our division with the Black Sox. They weren't too pleased with it, but we were sick it's of the hosiery division. We were sick of the um, the chicanery, yeah. if you will. So Chico Escuela was on that team. No. no. So the Red Sox, we make it to the championship game and we lose. And then there was a lot of in in team bickering on that team so we had it with that team after one year and michael and i my brother decided to start our own team in 2006 so we became there was another team called the yankees so we became the bombers so from 2006 through 2009 i ran the team and i got friends from around the league that played in that league with me to jump ship and come over to this team so i built it from the ground up i had guys that i played with in high school Guys that never played with me in high school that, you know, came after me. Family members. My 44-year-old cousin, Tommy. We call him Tut. We have our entire life. He's, he's a maniac. He was on the team and played a very big role in us actually getting to the mountaintop. And I know this is a long story to get to the punch. But uh, 2007, I had shoulder surgery. I was out. I was throwing the ball like a T-Rex like this. I couldn't throw because my... Yeah. Uh, Shoulder bone was scraping my rotator cuff. 2008, I get clearance to play, throwing the ball hard again. I get my cousin Mickey on the team who throws high 80s, low 90s. Umpires are turning away from his pitches he's throwing so hard. When we get to the championship series, best of three, when the first one at Lakewood Blue Claw Stadium, in 13 innings. Mickey threw all 13 freaking innings. <laughs> wow. That's a nice stadium, too. Like, uh, it is. Place. It is. Uh, I think we won that one 3-2. Tommy walked. Tut walked with, like, two outs. Uh, loaded the bases. And then Jim Dolan, he's a state trooper in New Jersey, with two outs in the 13th inning, lays down a bunt a perfect suicide a squeeze. squeeze with two outs and beats it out and we win the game on that play with two outs not very smart in baseball but it worked and we went on to beat um the brewers which is a team it's i played play for, in, for now, in connecticut but we went on to beat them in two straight games uh, at their home field was the next game we beat them there so we won that championship in 2008 and building that team and bringing everybody mountain. together. South yeah. River baseball stunk. Hasn't been good since my father was in high school back in the early 60s. So to bring South River kids together, mostly South River kids, the Calbers, Glenn and Ryan, my brother, uh, Kevin Bell. I mean, all those guys that were on this team. And, and You have the picture in your office. I do. Just to it's, give people a frame of reference. It's like, still I, there. I, I, I we'll the put it on the office. Facebook page. Yeah. And my dad was our third base coach. So to have my dad close to me too, I mean, that 
in 2008, yeah. and I can't believe it's been eight years since that happened. Uh, but that was my crowning achievement. You know, it's funny. It's funny because people talk about winning championships, and you know, like you look at a team like the Giants or the Blackhawks, and guys that have been there for all three of those, and you know, Jeter won, you know, five, four of which came in the first, you know, half dozen years of his career. I won a city championship in Stanford with our WWE co-ed team in 2005 and 2015, uh, 2014, 2015, we won, you know, Cooney tree service. We won back to back Lewisboro South division championships. So nine years, nine seasons between, I mean, I, that's the itch every year is just yeah, to win dude. that championship. And so you win it once you don't want to stop. Yeah. You want to win it every year. I get it. I feel you. All right. Oh, this is actually a good one, considering that they're they're coming up in a few months. What is your favorite Olympic event? You're gonna say women's beach volleyball, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, summer it would have to be yeah, women's beach volleyball, um, for obvious reasons, and uh, in the winter it's got to be the ice hockey. There's nothing better than than watching mm. hockey in the winter. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stay on the ice in the Winter Olympics. I just I love curling. I, I don't know why. I was gonna say curling. I just too. love curling. Like it's crazy. And, and I told goes... you the story about going curling for my birthday a yeah. couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, the Summer Olympics. This this may seem a little weird to to say, but my my favorite event in the Summer Olympics, honestly, is basketball because okay. it's it's not the NBA. The NBA turns off a lot of people with the way it's played. It's the international game. Much like international ice hockey is different than the NHL game. It's just a different game. I don't know. Yeah, I... uh... I'm also, oddly enough, a big fan of, like, diving. Like, I enjoy watching diving. I don't know. I just... It's weird. I I just, like, watch diving for the big splashes. Yeah. Oh, oh, he over-rotated and came in past vertical. Uh, Let's see. I'm not really a big Olympics guy. I have to be honest with you. I mean, it takes a lot for me to get into it. Like I, every the ski jump, I like watching the ski mm. jump too. It's and it goes back to Carlin because there's a chance for serious. Well, you know, injury. it's interesting with the ratings though. I mean, I, we you know I have several friends that work for NBC that they broadcast the Olympics. You know, they have the contract and they work round the clock during the Olympics and. They show. I mean, you watch. You know, speed skating. Would you watch speed skating ever? If it wasn't the Olympics, I mean, when's the last time you watched the biathlon? Yeah, like, but you, you, you brought up speed skating, and I immediately thought of a bit from Howie Mandel. Oh God! <laughs> because he said, you know, this guy Apollo Anton Ono, he, you know, he's great. He's he's a great speed skater. You know how like his intonation yeah. is, and he's all fast and everything. He's like, you know, he, he's good. And, you know, what what does he do when he comes home? You know, is he at Home Depot in one of the aisles and somebody asks him where the screws are and he goes, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) I freaking lost it. Just tremendous. All right. We got time for – we'll go three three more. Three more? Yeah, you, me, you. Um, Here we go. Which sport makes you the most nervous to watch? Eagles games. (laughs) Done. (laughs) It's easy. Easy. Um, I'm going to go NASCAR. I'm going to go NASCAR. Ever since Dale Earnhardt died, and I know there have been a couple other ones that have passed away too on the track, uh, and I can think of one, and I can't remember his name for crying out loud. And it was one of Earnhardt's best friends too. My older brother is going to – Davey Allison? Kill. Yes, Davey Allison. Thank you for saving me there. My older brother would have punched me in the face. But, uh, yeah, NASCAR 
for sure. I just picked one out that we'll we'll end on, and you can you can pick one whatever you can pick whatever you want out of this one. I'll say mine. You okay. pick whatever you want, and then we'll end on this one because it's fitting for the podcast. Uh, let me see. No. Uh, all right, this is a good. So one. So uh, let me let me go with this mine. This is a good one. Go ahead. I have mine, and we'll modify this to favorite or any sport you play. Okay. Do you have a bucket list of places you'd like to play your favorite sport? <laughs> yeah, I want them to rebuild the old Yankee Stadium, and I want to go play baseball there. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I I, I always. Well, you, I mean, you can play on the field. It's Macomb Park. I, now, I, I know, but it's, it's not. It's not the same, and um, I never. Once got to touch that dirt with my feet. I was on the outfield track because sometimes they walked you in that way mm-hmm. when your media come in that way. Um, and when you go on the Monument Park tour, which I did a story on back in the day, yeah. I did that. And, uh, yeah, I would have loved to tow the rubber at Yankee Stadium. I'm going to go with because it's, it, it's not my favorite sport, but it's a sport I play. I would absolutely love to tee off at Pebble Beach. Ooh, that's a good one too. I just, I, or you know what, any Augusta. of any of those courses, Pebble Beach, Augusta, I don't know where. Tears in his eyes, I guess. You know, Royal Lytham and St Anne's, or any of those courses that they play the British Open on every. It year. looks like a Marac. It's in a hole. It's in a hole. It's it's in a hole. So I get finished playing eighteen in the land. I have I have played in it's my life. Stiff me. I, I and I'm terrible at golf, but mm. I have played in my life now two courses that have hosted major events in the PGA. Shinnecock, Shinnecock Hills. No, I've I've played Beth Page Black, which the U.S. Open was at. That was my next back. guess. Yeah, uh, and I've played the Ocean Course at Keough Island, which is where the 2012 PGA Championship was played, and I parred a hole. My father-in-law and my brother-in-law can back me up on this because uh-huh. they were my playing partners for the day. I parred a hole from the championship tees at a PGA championship course. Here, here was another question in here. Is, One of the par threes. Is golf an elitist sport? I saw that as I was going through the cards. No. Do you, do you think so? No. I make, I'm a middle-class person, and I, play, I can play. Okay. I, I was just throwing it out there. To be an elite, it was a card. I mean, yes, there are country clubs that you you know you can't join unless and there's there's like one club in up near my house that you can't even join unless a member recommends you and to become a member is like you know whatever and then you got to pay a ridiculous and that, no thanks that's very elitist but I can go over here to E Gain or Brennan Municipal Golf Course for twenty bucks on a Monday morning and play nine holes yeah. of golf if I want with yeah. my crappy nineteen seventy nine wooden uh, wooden golf clubs. You got Kennedy's golf clubs. <laughs> My uncle has a set from like nineteen Kramer had those. from like nineteen ninety one. They're like, you know, they're like, what is this crap? Yeah, I had. But like, you know, it, yes, it, I see how it's considered that because of you know Augusta doesn't allow women or this or that and things, you know, country clubs. But it's 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 more accessible for the average man to play golf than it is to play hockey. All right, I'm going to add something right. to the top of this one. Okay, past or present, and any sport, if you were a player. Which coach would you want to play for? Mm, we did talk about this with we did. you. Yeah. We did. Um, and we may have answered this on the last one. <sighs> There's a lot of great coaches that you would just enjoy playing for, this or that. Um, I know I gave my answer the last time, but I have a different one was today. was Bobby Knight, right? Yeah, but I have a different one today. <sighs> you know, I would have to probably pick someone who – I would probably have to pick a college coach 
for the sole fact that someone who built a program from the ground up knows what it's like to recruit, but not necessarily always have the best players. <sighs> Gino Oriema. Okay. Maybe. Someone like that. Or Jim Calhoun. Just because I grew up in Connecticut, you know, playing playing for the Huskies for, for Gino or Jim Calhoun. John Wooden for yeah. me. And uh, for the stories, Billy Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could write books, plural, uh, if you played under that guy. So. Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver. Same thing. Kenny Singleton played for Earl Weaver. I'll have to ask Kenny about that. Yeah. He's very candid. He'll he'll talk yeah. to you about it. Off the record, of course, but Absolutely. I'll have to ask Kenny. You'll never it. hear about it. <laughs> Lou, let me tell you about it. <laughs> so that's what Kenny would say. All right, what's All right, the we'll last close one? on we'll close on this well, one. Well, I have something really quick after this last okay. one. Okay. We'll close on this one for the questions because it's something we talk about all the time and we make so many movie references on this show. All right. I know where you're going. Which sports movie is your favorite? I I I don't think I could whittle it down to just one. Um I was just doing lines from one of my favorites and that's Caddyshack. Um I know Chris Russo gets all over Field of Dreams because, you know, Ray Liotta should have been a lefty. Shoeless Joe was a lefty, and he was hitting righty. And I know he gets all over Field of Dreams. That's another one. Uh, Major League, the first one. I love Euchre and all of them. Yeah. Even the one where they're at the minors. I don't care what he's in. I'll watch it. So the Major League series, uh, Bull Durham, uh, the scene in the in the locker room. <laughs> Larry, what's our record? <laughs> Eight and 16. How do we ever win eight? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, there's just so freaking many to choose from. Um, golly. And they're serious ones, too. I, 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 really, I really can't bring it to one. I can't. Tin Cup was a great sports yeah. movie for crying I, out loud. Miracle. I mean, miracle. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. You know there's what? An abundance. I'll of, give it a bang. Sports movies. I'll give it a bang bang answer because I can identify with the themes of it. Okay. Not necessarily the new kid in town part, but uh-huh. most of the theme of the movie, Sandlot. Yeah. Because I've told How did you, I not even mention because that? I've told you this I'm sure multiple times and I've mentioned it on the show mm-hmm. and we've. You know, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum almost, but growing up, you know, in the summer, we had that field right down the street from my house, and there was 10, 12, 14, 15 kids ranging between three or four years older than me and three or four years younger than With me. With all the different personalities. With all the different personalities, and every summer, all summer, we'd go to the field, we'd be out of the house at nine in the morning, we'd play baseball till lunchtime, we'd go back, we'd play another game until dinner time. We'd Who is your Wendy Pfefferkorn or Peppercorn? There were really only a couple of girls in our neighborhood, so if it, she's going to be older than the group, it's got to be, it's got to be this girl Nicole that lived, okay, kind of across the street. She was the older sister of one of the kids we hung out with, and she's probably she's probably halfway between you and me in terms of age. She's probably in her late thirties. Okay, now I don't really know, but she was she'd have to be it if it's if the age does she have there. Does she have nine kids now? Or she does not. She actually. She's one of the lucky people in the world who she works for a company where that allows her to work from her home office. They have nine kids. She lives in Florida now and works from her home office and spends most of her days in pajama uh, pants. And I'm a little jelly, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that would be. But we played baseball morning, noon, and night until the streetlights came on when we street couldn't light! see it anymore. And then we'd hang out and talk. So that, that, that I can identify with the Sandlot. Yeah. 
Night game. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh huh. Sinbad, the comedian with the streetlight, he drove me crazy with that because you had to be not only on the porch but in the house when the streetlights came on, and he had this bit where he said that the streetlight was about. It was just like starting to illuminate and he jumped to get onto his porch and his father goes, that boy, jump! You see that? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I know the struggle. But before we go, our good friend We Must Be Nets, and I know we're doing this now. I should have brought this up in our last podcast, but I'm bringing it up now. I, again, we couldn't top what Devin had to say in our last podcast, so I might as well bring it up now. But uh, he, he, I don't want to blow up his spot. He's a teacher, Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to say his name or anything like that, but he sent he sends me direct messages. First of all, he tweeted at me today. Slides at, all up in your DMs. He tweeted at yeah today, which is Thursday, Thursday, February right. 11th, 2016. Right. He tweeted at me today saying that he thinks that I'm just like a couple steps away from Michael Douglas and falling down. <laughs> but <laughs> look I, at this burger. <laughs> but I said, you know, verbally, yes, verbally, I, I am that way, and this just sends me over the edge again. And Just watch out for Nick. It's sad because it's true, okay? Because he would not lie to me. He sends me over the edge with these direct messages, but he's not going to lie to me. He told me eighth graders are telling him <clears throat> that in elementary school, they were only allowed to give air high fives. And the motto at the school was, everyone's a winner. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Do you know... Where they gave air high fives? Demolition Man. That's what the movie with Sylvester Stallone where he was frozen with Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. How their society was. Dr. Cocteau. I, I found a picture of that guy and I tweeted it. I said, this is what we're going to. When they high five, they put their hands up. I remember Rob Schneider vividly. They put their hand up, didn't touch, and then did a circle. <laughs> it's like the Seinfeld high five with the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Come on. Come on. What are we doing? The air high five? The air jump rope? What's next? We went from Air Jordan to Air High Five. Congratulations. Oh my God. The air high five. Anywho. So how many how many I don't know how many we got there? Let me let me count them out. We'll count them up. Chris will be counting I'll I'll one, two, one. one. We'll do it like a game show. Two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And with the four we added, we'll call it 14 questions. 14 questions. There you go. That's a tremendous job out of you. Hmm. It's a great day of podcasting. It is. Now I got to go edit it all and eat my, eat my turkey sandwich. You know what we should do? We should, we should do a sports slash fishing podcast. <laughs> Hey, watch out for that shark over there, Fonz. <laughs> Hashtag Chip Chipperson. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hilarious. You get a free bowl of soup with that hat? Yeah, exactly. Looks good on you, though. Anyway, that's a great job out of both of us today. We that's a great 90-ish minutes of podcasting. What are you, podcasting or something? You going fishing or something? You boys are playing, I hope. Oh, boy. <sighs> we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you come back next time. For a baseball yeah. edition. Pitchers and catchers show. will have reported yes. the next time we, we speak to you. Hashtag pitchers and catchers. That's next on the next Chris Sheeran show. Have a great one, everybody. Bye.